Welcome back to Raw 1251 AM. I'm your host, Will Kingswood, and welcome back to the Warwick F1 show. This week, we're gonna we're, we're moving away from the past, bringing it back to the present, as we'll dive into sort of some of the news that's been happening over the last two over the last week two weeks. Obviously, F1 sort of sort of finishing off its winter hiatus. We're getting back into it. We've got almost um, content every week now, up until the first race of the season at Bahrain. So we'll talk about the cars. We'll talk about some of the things that came out of that meeting between the FIA and the team principals um, about how they've restructured, restructured races that don't finish at their 100% finishing point, restructured um, the sprint races and maybe a lack of finding from Abu Dhabi. Then finally, we'll talk about uh, Drive to Survive. It's now got a confirmed release date. We'll see. We'll talk about whether we're going to watch it, what we're looking forward to, and what I guess the point of it is finding out new things. And I think what we want to sort of find out about last season. But obviously, I can't do that on my own. So I'll bring in. I'll bring in my guests. Um, first off, you know him, you love him. It's Jack Rowe. How you doing, Jack? I'm not too bad. I'm surprised anybody knows me at this point. What do you mean? Okay. Everyone loves you. All right, thank you. As the publicity officer, and I will oh, let you flex the jumper that you yeah, are wearing. Yeah, I'm, I'm wearing the new hoodie. I've got it about an hour ago, so I'm I'm very happy. Yep. Uh, then we've also got Chime, my my next year co-host. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Uh, well, yeah, just finally we're getting into the 2022 season. I am just so looking forward to seeing the new cars on track now. Yeah, and we have seen a few of the new cars on track, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But we've also got a returning guest, Kurias. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited for the Drive to Survive series, which uh, let's see how much... Uh They'll uh, make all fake in the uh, series this time because last year they did have a, a couple storylines that were, well, didn't exist. But mm. uh, this time they have plenty, and uh, we'll see how much, how well they can uh, condense it into a ten-episode season. And uh, it should be good. But I know some of us won't be watching it, but we'll see. Yeah, it's surprising that you can possibly have spoilers in a in a documentary series, isn't it? But I mean, that's why that's why I've never watched it because I sort of know what's going to happen. But I feel like this season might be different. Maybe we'll just actually, you know what? We'll just dive into Drive to Survive. Oh, now we started okay. the conversation. We'll do that first. So it's the I want to say the eleventh of March. It's yeah, coming it's out. Eleventh of March. Yeah. yeah. So personally, for me, I've never watched the last few seasons because I've always felt that I know what's going to happen. It's not like it's not like a, it's not like a series where you don't know the result or the ending. But I think, do you think this year is different, Chimay? Obviously, because of how much happened in twenty twenty one. Maybe, but I'm just. Look, I mean, I've always been a mixed fan of that of that show as well, mainly because of just how much I like to fake. And last year, though, the whole last couple of years, they've been faking so many stuff, like the mixing up of the radios and the fake Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz rivalries. But I'm just hoping they do something more truthful this year. They don't need to fake anything. This season was just as dramatic as anything. Exactly. I mean, that's the point, Chris. Because obviously, this season was so dramatic. Do you think maybe that I guess fake fakeness will be lessened a bit because there is so much like I guess real rivalry there? You would hope so, but for me, um, Drive to Survive at, at its peak was focusing on the drivers that you didn't really see during the season. So usually every season you'd have the championship battle or 
in the in the last couple gener- last generation, you'd have a championship battle for the first six races, and then <laughs> be no- nothing left. But what Drive to Survive did really well was focusing on the smaller teams, focusing on the smaller drivers, the drivers that didn't get as much limelight uh, in the in the sport in no- normally. And uh, I'm hoping that they keep some of that this year because even though we did have an amazing championship battle, I hope they don't um, lose the, the heart of what that show is. And uh, well, let's let's see what they can do. Yeah, I think it's what made Nico Hulkenberg such a such a character in F1, right? And you know, it's a, it's a it's a tough thing for him because he's left the sport. But that was kind of the centre of first and somewhat the second season of, of of Drive to Survive. And I think it's been a victim of its own success. You've t- you've taken the words right out of my mouth. You said exactly what I wanted to say. But because it's so big, because it became so popular so quickly suddenly we all have that insight into what the drivers are like or possibly not as much as you know that first season showed but we understand that that now and then there's not much left to peel the curtain back on so they're going to the kind of what you expect from a documentary and i imagine they're going to focus on the title race but yeah exactly like you i really hope that they they're trying to bring something new and interesting to uh to to that and not just the the same boring old you know 10 hours of um of uh of 2021 recap basically mm. and you think they might have to do that because obviously max verstappen isn't taking part in it he was very critical of some of the manufactured rivalries and some of the last seasons i mean i'll go around to each of you Are there, is there any like one thing that you're hoping maybe maybe gets an episode or maybe just gets a portion of an episode is there any one moment from last season that maybe you want to find a bit more about how it sort of happened how it worked in a way, um, I'll go to you, Shimei, first. Maybe how Mazepin got still managed to stay in F1, still managed to keep that half seat. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I would like to uh, wonder how uh, Joe got the seat and how Joe Venazzi did towards the latter half of the season because I know Alfa Romeo didn't get that much coverage, but they did get a couple of points during the season to beat Haas and Joe Venazzi did have a good season and I'd, I'd like to see if... Uh, Italian Jesus gets some coverage. Curious is on fire today. He said exactly what I was going to say as well. Um, I'm going to say maybe a little bit more of that battle. I, I want to see what Alonso and Ocon's kind of like relationship is like because Alonso's been a bit of a, a nightmare to be a teammate in the past, but he's really stepped up this year and Ocon's been doing pretty well as well. You know, with that win and all. So I'd like to see that. Yeah, no, and you, you stole my one. I was going to say like. I've always found Ocon a bit of an enigma because obviously he was given such hype, then was sort of a victim of like that pay driver, like just merry-go-round. In I think it was 2018, wasn't it? He missed out on a seat. Was it 2019? One of the years. But 2019, then, I think. Yeah, but then he comes back, and he's not really. He's had flashes of brilliance, and he ha- we saw that last season in uh, Saudi Arabia, just missing out on a podium on the finish line. Um, obviously, his win in Hungary a bit more fortunate, but very like a very good performance to hold Sebastian Vettel behind him for basically the entire race. And I've always what I want I want to like dive into Alpine a bit more because they've always seemed to be quite an elusive team as well. Like you've got teams like McLaren that are so like out there in terms of their presence on social media. You've got teams like Ferrari who aren't out there, but you wouldn't expect them to be because obviously it's Ferrari. They've always been a bit like that. But Alpine, 
they've sort of like straddled the two and I've never really understood why. So I think that will be something that I hope we'll see. I mean, just, just one final thing before we go to a break about this. What we, we, we spoke about earlier about how they manufacture drama, how they manufacture tension. And what one thing do each of us think will will be built out maybe maybe for the casual fan more than like if you're watching it you know it's not a thing but for the casual fan it will be made into a thing oh i mean i i think i'll start in that like i think they'll make the title battle seem close throughout the year even though like at the sort of midpoint of the year it's getting to 30 40 points and They'll sort. I reckon they'll downplay how maybe Verstappen could have won it a lot earlier if he'd not had obviously what happened in Baku, Silverstone, uh, Hungary. I think they'll say it was a more even fight than probably it ended up. Or it was at least halfway through the season. Wasn't there like Verstappen and Hamilton like bump shoulders accidentally in like it was Imola or USA or something like silly like that. Um, maybe that, or maybe um, looking back to Alpine again, and maybe just like giving Alonso too much credit for for Ocon's win. I think perhaps. Okay. Well, considering they seem to like um, McLaren a lot, I would say they might uh, make uh, Ricardo's downfall to Norris uh, um, be uh, taken out, like taken. A bit too far, and uh, they'll make it seem like he's a giant that has just been defeated by David or or, or something like that. Okay. He just stole my one now. <laughs> <laughs> but, ooh, I was like, mate, uh, I mean, to be fair, I think it was either that, and I think something to do with the title battle, and I think probably they'll do someone like, they'll probably do a whole episode on the US Grand Prix where Verstappen drove the... the drive of his life or something like that I mean it was a really good drive but like, I think they'll just they'll just take one of the races like the US Grand Prix where Max managed to hold up Lewis Hamilton and then just b- blow a completely out of proportion type thing I think that's what I can what the other thing I can think of well yeah we'll have to wait and see what the con do they really I can't remember did they release the content of the episodes before the show dropped last year I think they released the uh, names of each episode, but, but you won't, you won't, you, won't you don't really know exactly what happens mm-hmm. in, in them, e- even with the names. Yeah. So, 11th of March, Drive to Survive returning. After the break, we will talk about some of the new cars that have dropped. I think five new cars since we last recorded our last show. We had Red Bull, Aston Martin, Williams, Alpha Tauri, and. Williams. Help me, please. Williams. William. Wait, I said Williams. Wait, did you see Williams? Who else? Red Bull, Aston Martin, Williams. McLaren? McLaren, that was the one. Well, how did we forget the most charismatic team? But yeah, those five new cars dropped. We'll come back, talk about them, talk about the liveries, talk about their hopes for next season. But first, we'll take a break and have Foles with 2AM. Welcome back to the Warwick F1 show. And uh, now we've we passed the break. We're going to be talking about the five new cars that have dropped since our last show. Start, I mean, we may as well dive into it. Starting off with the car that dropped just a few hours after we recorded it, the Red Bull. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think it's the only comment you can say about the livery. I mean, what do you want to have? Do you got some thoughts, Chime? 
I mean, yeah, I mean, the Red Bull livery, I'm personally always been a big fan of it, and I don't think they don't need to change it. I know loads of people keep saying change the livery, change the livery, but it's kind of like the Porsche 911. It's an iconic look. I mean, people stay, people wanted to change, but it's been around for so many years, it's been looking practically the same, and people still love the look of it. And I think it's the same with the Red Bull. It's an iconic look nowadays, and it is a future classic. It's nothing more for me to add. Yeah. I mean, is there anything else, really? Or? There are some very subtle changes. Um, the fact that they don't have the Honda anymore means that there used to be that red line, and it was just a Honda, and I like that. And then the red line continued, but they changed that to Red Bull. Um, and then, of course, they've got the massive new sponsor, um, Oracle, which is slapped on the side. <laughs> um, but that's that's big for them because they, I think they partnered with them for the the America's Cup or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was, but. They definitely had a, a yeah, team. Yeah, no, Oracle were definitely in the America's Cup. I mm. But remember. I think I think they were Red Bull were like involved there as well. So <laughs> I swear, I swear, um, Ineos were involved. As yeah, well. no, <laughs> that's we true. We just got rivalries. And Pirelli, every, and Pirelli were. We just got rivalries in every sport now. But yeah, I mean, it's a it's a it's a good looking car. I don't think there's anything else you can say about it. Like it's not broken. So why would you fix it? And then I think was it a day later or two days later. We got our first F1 2022 car sort of in the flesh, sort of what it's going to look like on the track. And then we saw it go on the track, of course, uh, in Aston Martin. It looks better than last year. Though, to be honest, it's not difficult because last year's car was very boring. But now now it seems to have improved, Curious. Well, they haven't really changed all that much with the 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 livery of their car it's still green it's it's still got like um pretty much uh, every yeah, that's, that's pretty much what they, they have this year <laughs> they've got rid of the pink pinky purpley color from last mm. year from bw yeah bwc um which i'm really glad that they have done and instead they've got aramco which perfect match with the since aramco themselves are a blue green uh color for their um as their sponsor and they I was expecting a, a little bit more blue this year, though, considering they do still have Cognizant, and Cognizant's main colour is blue. But I think the main thing everyone loved about this year's launch is that green. Damn, it's so good. It's so much better than last year's, just because when it was under um, good light last year, it looked like a, a nice car, but most of the time it was a little dull, um, even though La- uh, Lawrence Stroll said, oh, they spent hours of research trying to find the best colour. Clearly it wasn't good enough, and this year they improved on it. And it got, <laughs> Probably God, should have put that into so the good. car, maybe. They <laughs> <laughs> just spent hours, it's just all of, the, all of their 2021 research was just into finding the correct shade of green, and it still failed. Well, we, it clearly wasn't the correct shade of green. I mean, I, I want to point out the fact that the team is now called Aston Martin Aramco Cognizant Formula One team, which is like the biggest mouthful you've ever heard. Um, but no, what I like about it is the new black on it. Um, it's just like... It's subtle, but it, on the bottom of the car, it's just like carbon fibre, and then it fades into black, and that just it just helps to highlight the, the green and the yellow stripe. It's still it's still got the Mercedes swoosh on it. Let's be honest; they they could do something different with that. I've seen designs where like they've taken the the one of the the wings from the logo and put, popped that on the back of the car, and that would be lovely. Um, but I'm sure you know that would get in the way of sponsors and all that. Um, yeah. And it's the first car we saw on the track. I mean, one thing that really stood out for me was just how high the rear or the front wing is. Obviously, we want, like the ground effect comes in, 
But it, it was quite jarring to see. I don't know about you, but it's just like there's a proper like gap between the floor and the front wing when like normally or what we've seen in the past is they're like super low to the ground. Yeah, they, yeah, it is a bit weird just to see because <laughs> you you could be just used to this front wing someone just scraping almost scraping across the floor and then now you see it just like lifted up. It's like the whole car's on stilts. And also, I think it just look, and it took me a good few seconds to figure out how the rear wing, because it just hold that whole V shape at the back as well, not kind of, whereas we're very used to that square thing, square shape at the back as well. So it's a bit weird to see. Yeah. Um, in, in previous years, we've seen that the the front of the car was the part that scraped the um, scraped the floor. It, it was the part that you you could clearly see that it was. The car was plant if the car was planted or not going around a corner and um it was quite good to see this year it's kind of the opposite where you have the rear of the car being probably the most planted part um because of the whole rear uh the, the whole new diffuser and everything like that so mm. it is going to be different but i do believe some teams might be trying to go for that um sort of high rate design again this year so you might see a couple teams with their uh, nose still being quite low, but I think most teams will keep it quite high because they are trying to get as much air underneath the car as possible to get that ground effect to truly get uh, be at its peak. Yeah, and then and then a few days later, we saw the McLaren, which was very very twenty twenty livery or twenty twenty one livery meets golf livery, and they sort of just smushed the two together into. I mean. Personally, it looks all right. It's matte orange, and I'm not sure about that, but I don't know what you guys think. I'm just so excited to get the car. I, I like all of them. I was really critical of the designs of the liveries last year, like really critical. Like probably the only ones that were new and good were the Alfa Romeo, um, and yeah, there's probably just the Alfa Romeo. But no, this year I'm absolutely on board. Maybe it's the black again. But I think, apart from the number, the number should be in white or in black. But apart from the number, I think it's a really, really good-looking car. I find it a bit chaotic, in my opinion. But Ooh. I think it. I think it'll grow. It'll definitely grow on me throughout the year. But I just, I have very, very mixed reviews. Is Velo a crypto car. sponsor? Uh, I think I think they are. They're yeah. all crypto oh, no, sponsors. Velo's a, a vape company, I believe. Is it? Yeah. So they, it's not exactly better, is it? Not, is it? No. <laughs> Maybe it's, not vape. I think they're, nic- I, they're nicotine. Sorry. Yeah. In this photo, I can I can see one, two, three, four, five, and I think there might be two more uh-huh. that I can't see. There are seven <laughs> Velo sponsors on this car. Tezos yeah. is the is the cryptocurrency one. Oh, this is their crypto. How are there yeah. so many crypto sites? It's it's uh, F one, so you're gonna find as many shady companies joining it as possible. This is a new tobacco. <laughs> yeah, it's a new tobacco sponsor. Yeah, I I'm not a huge fan of the of the new McLaren livery. My favorite is still the 2021. Um, I I love that blue shade of blue and uh, the orange. This year, I think I I'm not a huge fan of that blue, but I think if they it might it might grow on me over time, and if they had like placed it slightly better in different positions, and maybe put a little bit more black on there, even though I know people hated the old black liveries from like twenty sixteen and seventeen. Hmm. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it looks on the track because I haven't seen that yet, and uh, it, it should be good. I, I did like the golf liveries last year, so yeah, hopefully. yeah, I thought it was all right. 
Then um, Alpha Tauri next. It's a bit boring. It's just a bit dull. Like it's not. It's just, it's washed out as well. It's like the the blue is washed out. The white is even washed out. It's just the plastered Alpha Tauri over it all. It just it doesn't look great. In my opinion, worst not the worst one so far because yeah. Haas still exists, but um, <laughs> not up there as the best. For me, it's just there. Moving on, to be honest, in my opinion, but yeah, and you do you do notice different design structures at the front wing, especially the McLaren slowed down a lot more. This is a very shallow like gradient. It's it is different, and it's going to be really interesting to see which team has done it best. I think um, from the actual launch. Some people were able to get a peek in on the uh, front wing, and they said it was actually not as shallow on the real front wing than it was on the renders. So we don't—they could—they're definitely hiding something. Um, so yeah. we don't really know. Yeah, exactly everyone's how, hiding how it's something. Turn out. We're just going to rock up, and it'll be like one team is about seven seconds ahead of everyone else, and we'll go back to 2014 in depression. Hopefully not. I mean, Jack, do you want to add anything, or should we move on to the? Wings? I mean, I don't like the AlphaTauri. I think. Is somehow the weird, just the entire front nose being blue, and then like nothing else from the front being blue, just it just makes me feel ill. It's, just, it's awful. I don't like it. There's nothing. I can't put my finger on why, but it's just wrong. Oh yeah, you said that on the um. Yeah, and the then I got immediately shot down for it. But I yeah, thought, yeah I, don't know. I, I, I agree with you a bit. And finally, we had the Williams, a car that I'm going to say looks much better in real life than it does in the renders. They've done they've done that car dirty in the renders, and then you see it on the track, and it looks really good. Like it's got a, it's one thing I really noticed. It's got such a rounded front wing. Like everyone else has gone quite flat, but this one has a rounded one. Like going back to the eighties and nineties with their rounded front wings, and it, it's really interesting to see whether that will make a difference over the flat. I guess the flat philosophy that everyone else, at least at the moment, appears to have gone to. Yeah, it's going to be. See, I'm, I'm just really looking forward to for testing. See what all the teams come up with, all the loopholes people find, and all the new designs that people have, despite all the restrictions that people have got and whole cost cap. I just really want to see how it happens. I just can't wait. But mm. yeah, and I think that metallic blue just really stands out in the light. And if I just feel like the back of the car could be just have a little bit more light blue in it, uh, especially where they did that sort of like indented V t- um, W type thing. I just hope they could have done a little bit like colours, but otherwise, it's actually a really good livery out on the limelight, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean... I think I like the renders. I, last year, I think, was awful, like, the way they presented it. Um, but I don't think it's that bad. I don't. I think... It's really difficult to tell, like, what the colours are going to look like in the light, and I don't think it's necessarily because they've, they've done it dirty. Um, yeah, the only thing I would have changed is they teased the yellow... They teased like the old Canon liveries, and and then it's got red on it. And I know they're trying to rebrand, and they have been doing so for like four years now. But I would have kept the yellow. Mm. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. But one final thing that a lot of the drivers have been saying about the new cars is the tires, and that it's made, the tires are making them a lot. More, it's making it a lot more difficult to see out of the car. Which you, how interesting do you think that is going to be, especially when you get, like, wheel-to-wheel battles? You've got, right, apart from Guan Yu who's coming in, 
and probably one other driver that I would never to be forgotten. All of these drivers have raced the previous generation of cars. They've all raced in cars that I guess you can maybe see out of, or like you could see more out of. Now we're going into new tyres that are bigger. Do you think that there could be some incidents, especially at the start of the season, where drivers could just collide with one one another because they can't maybe either see the corner, see another car, and they could just come together? I mean, we've seen silly incidents before. It's, it's not been stopped because because we had smaller tyres. I think, um, was it Kimi running into the back of someone at, uh, at Austria um, and just like silly things like that. Mm. So I, I think maybe we see a small uptick in that. Um, but also, it feels to me like the noses are a bit closer to the driver than they were before. I'm not sure if that's true. I'll have to fact check that, but... it. You know, I don't think it's going to be so much of a deal as, as some people are making out. I think that the increase in incidents will be more down to drivers getting used to the cars and uh, how the new ground effects will change how like the uh, how much downforce they'll have mid-corner or whatever, with, especially with the intention of the new regulations being you'd have more side-by-side action at mid-corner. So I don't think the real changes will make much of a difference. The F2 cars have had the new tyres for a while, so Sonoda, Schumacher, Mazepin and Joe have already raced them. Some of them are reckless anyway, so it won't change uh, any of uh, the action in that respect. So I don't think it will make too much of a difference, but you, you, don't, you never know with these new regulations. Yeah, and we'll have to wait. Obviously, we'll have to wait and see. Wait for the final four cars, I want to say. To be dropped, Mercedes, Alfa Romeo's official livery. Obviously, obviously, we've seen like their camo livery. Uh, Ferrari and Alpine. Alpine. I knew there was a car I'd missed. But we'll come back after the break. We'll talk um, some of the, I guess, some of the results of the meetings between the FIA and the team principals. Some of the action that was taken, or maybe lack of action that was taken and that has come out from that meeting. But first we have another song, and this is Ren For Short with Mosh Pit. That was Ren For Short with Mosh Pit. Welcome back to the Warwick F1 show, and we are moving on to the findings, or some of the, some of the finding, or some of the announcements from the F1 Commission meeting, where they met the newly elected uh, FIA president, Mohammed bin Sulaym, uh, discuss and discussed. I guess we'll just go into the following. Starting off with the sprint, three events next year. Down from I think they wanted to do about six, and maybe even up to half the grid or half the calendar sprint races, but just three at Imola, Austria, and Brazil again. Um, then the point system has changed, so now it's uh, points down to the top eight, with first getting one, uh, eight, and then eighth getting one. And pole position also going to the fastest driver on Friday. So not the winner of the sprint race this time. Then uh, treatment of short races, obviously in response to what happened in Spa. So now, there, if to, there are to be points, there has to be at least two laps not under the safety car or virtual safety car. Uh, if they go more than two laps or less than 25%, it's then 6, 4, 3, 2, 1. 25 to 50 is 13, 10, 8, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And then 50% to 75%. If you do that distance, uh, it goes from 1st to 10th, 19, 14, 12, 9, 8, 6, 5, 4, 
or six five three two one. Then um, there was also the lack of an announcement over what they would be doing about Abu Dhabi, which uh, annoyed, I guess, annoyed some people um, and questioned some people. But we'll go through we'll go through the things one at a time. Starting off with the sprint races. So, are we happy with the changes? So, obviously, eight to one for the top eight in terms of points, and then they're at Imola, Austria, and Brazil rather than Italy, uh, Silverstone, and, well, I guess, and Brazil as well this uh, the, last year. So, Jack, what do you think? Well, I strongly dislike the sprint race weekends. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it adds much. Um, and I think, especially with the the pole position now being the fastest person on Friday, while that is the correct thing to do, it really does make it just like this just one race with a bit of a gap in the middle. Um, and it still annoys me that I'm going to miss qualifying because, you know, it's on a Friday. A lot of people are going to miss it. Um, yeah, so what I don't understand is going to Imola either. For me, Monza is the perfect track for that. Okay, maybe overtaking will improve this season, but you know you need somewhere that, that overtaking is good. Otherwise, you've, what, you, what you've done is you've taken a boring race and you've just made it longer. Um, but but yeah, uh, Imola doesn't seem like the right one for me, to be honest. I th- I want, I read a tweet that said they might be going to Imola just to... I guess test out the cars, just check if they're good or not. But then again, like you've gone to Bahrain already, you've already tested it there. Maybe it's when they're sort of like going more flat out. Obviously, everyone's on like softs or mediums, no pit stops. Everyone's sort of going hell for leather. But even so, it, Imola is a bit of an odd one, isn't it? Yeah, I mean the only real overtaking spot in, in that track is Turn Two, um, where you saw Hamilton and Verstappen colliding. Um, during the race last year, so it's not really the perfect track for a sprint race, especially. Um, and I don't really see how uh, the new regulations will improve anything because that track—it's an old track. It's quite—it's relatively narrow in most places, and um, even though it has it is a very fast track, a lot of the corners are very much one car only, and you can't really make any any real overtaking maneuvers so the only way like that race is going to be good is if one or one or two of the uh, top teams are for some reason or other uh further back in the grid um on uh, uh than they would usually be so i don't think it's gonna that was that was just not a good option in the first place yeah and i mean chimo well, just the final thing about the sprints uh change in points you happy with that I mean, yeah, I think in terms of the points, I think that's the one thing I'm kind of happy about, like at least giving more points out in that race, because it's just giving three points in first place for a race that's literally half an hour, for, for a whole half an hour race. I feel this is a bit sparse. So like, I think I feel like it's good that they're giving up a few more points at least. Great. And we'll just run through, I guess, the short and race rules quickly, because I don't think anyone really has a problem with them. They're... They're not rules that are going to come in frequently. I don't think we'd had a race less than 75% uh, before before Spa. I don't think we'd had one since 2009. I want to say there was less than 75%. Probably not. Yeah. So Can't think of any. They're not rules that are going to be useful. I think everyone's happy that we're for, like, there's now clarification that you have to have at least some racing laps for points to be awarded. I mean, everyone got any issues with what 
I mean, it's a, it's a little complicated, but again, you're right. It, you know, it does. It's coming in so f- infrequently that it doesn't really matter. No half points. They've got rid of half oh points. my god, <laughs> that's such a pain. I had to spend the whole season like writing out half points on the fantasy league thing, <laughs> and it didn't like let me. So I just had to like edit it afterwards and just try and put them in. So I was awful. I hate it. Thank God. Well. No half points anymore, so it makes it makes. It's Verstappen must have been the first championship winner in a while to get half point or a half point on his victory. I don't know if Button had half points, but well, they've got rid of that. They've got they made that rule, which I think everyone is fine with. So one thing that people or some people might not be fine with is the lack of clarification about what's being done about Abu Dhabi. I mean, Chime, why do you why do you think? There's sort of been nothing so far. Because of the FIA and they do nothing anyway. True. And so. obvi- I mean, obviously, with, I guess, the return of Lewis Hamilton, it sounds a bit weird. Did he come back last, did he come back before our show last week? I can't remember. I think so. Well, but I mean, like. Yeah, we'll say uh. the return of Lewis Hamilton, obviously, I guess, maybe brings the issue back into the forefront a bit more. Obviously. There was some new radio that came into the public's attention that's been around for a while, so we don't really need to talk about that. And uh, drive, I imagine Drive to Survive will bring it up again, especially as we get closer to the start of the season. When do you think, Curious, we'll get a resolution to the whole issue? I don't think we'll ever get a proper resolution to it. I think it will just be a case of FIA saying, we'll improve things, and... Uh, that's it, and they're, they're just not going to make it very clear as what the, to what they'll do. I think they will probably give Massey like some support so that something like this doesn't happen in the future. But I don't think they'll come back to really uh, figuring any of Abu Dhabi out. They'll just be like, "What happened happened," and we don't really want to talk about it anymore. It's just a case of let's move on and focus on the current season. And as long as they do that, I'll be happy to be perfectly honest. But it's just a case of will they do that and will they do that before the first race? Mm. Yeah, do you agree? Do you think that it's sort of going to get swept under the rug a bit or do you think there will be changes made? Yeah, I think what I'd like to see is a little bit of an addition. We've talked about it before. The um, the, the Charlie Whiting basically was too good for the role. I think they need to, to delegate um, different things. I don't necessarily think that... Uh, finding Michael Massey as a scapegoat is is a good idea because it doesn't fix the systemic issues with the with the system. So yeah, so we'll have to wait and see. I think we'll get, we will get something. I think maybe the pressure is off now. Lewis Hamilton, I guess, has sort of like confirmed that he is going to race next year. Maybe that brings the pressure off, or maybe it adds to it because we're going to want to see a fix to it. And they've said they're going to try and get it in before the start of the season. So we'll have to wait and see over the next weeks whether we get anything. We'll take another final break quickly and we'll come back and do our predictions or this time Curiaster's predictions as we go through basically who we think will do be successful over 2022. But first we have Ladybird with Bloodsuckers. Like I said, a quick song there. Welcome back to the Warwick F1 show. As we move into our predictions, the game that we play to work out who actually knows everything about F1. Because there's no other reason to play it. Apart from the fact it's a very good idea. 
Well, I mean, it's it's meant to be fun. That's the whole point, it's isn't it? It's also fun. I forgot about the fun aspect. No, there competitive. Might, competitive. There might be a prize at the end. It depends on whether I have the funds for it. I'll so no, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to ask both societies see if they've got the cameo from Lando Norris. <laughs> Get Christian in. Oh, we could. We should try that. We'll try it. We'll try yeah, it. One, one, Keep one trying. Day. One day, and we'll do. Well, we got Corinne Shandock in. That was that was a very good thing. Yeah, and anyway. I reckon we can get Christian, but we'll wait and see. And we will go round to the two participants that haven't done it before. Starting off with you, Jack, obviously the creator of the game. So can he be the winner as well? And we'll I start off unlikely. with who you think will be the World Drivers Championship. Norris. Norris. Wait, sorry, what? Norris. Yeah, I think McLaren. Are, I think McLaren are going to be at the front of the Lando bridge. Norris. Yep. All right, someone... It's done. Bold. That is... The, okay, <laughs> I've called that, it. That's clip now. When, uh, when is the season end? Mid-December? Oh, no, it's early because of the... World You'll Cup. have to hunt me down and... and I will. Yeah. I've, got you, I've got your details. Okay. I can find you. That's that's not ominous at all. <laughs> uh, the Constructors' Championship. Well, I'm going to go with McLaren as well. So. That's very... Double, I'm going to double down. You're not, you're not hedging your bets. You're no. Gonna, you're going to double up. Yep. Uh, most drive of the days. I'm going to go with Russell. Ooh. Okay, uh, quali battle, Mercedes. So, um, that's a tough one. Russell. Okay. Red Bull. Verstappen. Ferrari. Leclerc. McLaren. Norris. Alpine. I'm going to go with Ocon. Alpha Tauri. Wait, Ocon? Yeah. All right. What, what, okay, all right. Uh, what are we on? Alpha Tauri. Yeah, Alpha uh, Gasly. Gasly. Yeah. Uh, Aston Martin. Um... Stroll. Okay. Uh, Williams. Albon. Uh, Alfa Romeo. Uh, Bottas. And Haas. Schumacher. Wrong. No. <laughs> if I get this right, I'm going to be so happy. Uh, and then what, one race, one team, not in the top four. You score the points that that point team gets at that race. Um, I'm going to go for... Uh, oh, I didn't think this through. Hang on. Um... Who's got Mercedes engine further down the grid? I'm going to go with Aston Martin, and I'm going to go at Monza. All right. Uh, we will. I will be. Ma- we will have to make a caveat now. They've announced where the sprint races are. Sprint races don't count because we can't have those points being added. Yeah, or I'll, or I just take the sprint race points off. Maybe. Yeah. You 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 don't get those eight points that inevitably will be coming, and then Curious will do the same thing. So, drivers champion. Boring. Hamilton. Yes. Constructors? Not so boring. Ferrari. Mm. Uh, driver of the de- most driver of the days. Uh, Verstappen. Okay. Uh, and then the quali battles, Mercedes? Uh, Hamilton. Red Bull? Verstappen. Ferrari? Uh, Leclerc. Uh, McLaren? Norris. Alpine? I'm going to go with Ocon. Okay. I, that's a, I don't Al- know if that's saucy or not. Alpha Tauri? Uh, Gasly. Aston Martin? Vettel. Uh, Williams, Albon, Alfa Romeo, Bottas, and Haas, Schumacher. I want to say that was identical to yours, except Russell. Who did you go with for Aston Martin? Uh, Stroll. Oh, okay. That's the difference there. Yeah. yeah, so those are the two. To that be fair, there's like six teams that are like pretty standard. Yeah, so pretty done. Uh, Haas. Oh, I'm an idiot. Yeah, Haas, Alfa Romeo, Williams, Williams, Red Bull, 
Alpha Tauri probably. Alpha well. Tauri definitely, yeah. And then the others are a bit more up in the air. And then the one race, I'd say McLaren is on. Someone, yeah. someone put Ricardo. I'm sure he, he might bounce back. Okay. And then one race, one team. Let me just have a look at the calendar to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. What delay, delay, was, delay. So, yep. As a, I mean, we've we've been discussing what the what what would have been the best oh. ones last season. We've we've come to the conclusion it was Alpine at Hungary, then Alpine at Qatar, and then I want to say it was Alpha Tauri at Abu Dhabi. Oh yeah, they were they were pretty good. At, I think yeah, I think it was. Yeah, Abu it was Dhabi fourth and fifth, I think. That was uh, that was very impressive by them. I am going to go with Alpha Tauri. Okay, but I'm going to say let's go Canada because we haven't had that race Ooh. for a while. So. You went with Suzuka in the end, or did I you know, not? I did you change it? Oh, okay, because I was a bit skeptical about whether cool. we go there. I, I, just just so you're aware, like if it gets cancelled, you just not get any points. Yeah, I do realise that, <laughs> but I feel like it, Canada seems like the sort of country that will be open a mm. bit more than. Uh, Japan. So yeah, well, let's hope we don't get into politics on this show. <laughs> we stick. Oh, okay. Do we not? I feel like me shouting at Michael Massey has been enough politics. We don't get to into real world politics. We stick Fair with enough. our fun little made up sport politics instead. Well, that is everything. Uh, thank you for listening, and we will come back next week and talk about an idea that Jack or Chimay has yet to have. Hopefully, it's your turn, right? I think it's my turn. Okay, getting into week seven. My God, we're almost there. I know we've got how many more? We've got three more next week, so we haven't got we? Seven, car eight. We got yeah, three yeah. more car reveals. We got week seven, week eight, week nine, week ten. Week ten, our big special, two hours long, as we discuss who we think will become the drivers' world champion. Obviously, after that, I think testing's all done. We're we're we'd be two days away from practice in the first race of the season. So make sure to tune into that. Is that the real practice or the the practice that's not going to be? No, televised? like first the real practice, no, yeah. first day practice. We'll like, yeah, like yeah week, end of week ten. The, that weekend is the Bahrain Grand Prix. Oh, uh, that's way too close. Well, make sure to join us for that and for all the weeks in between. Thank you for listening.